This is the SFF Audio Podcast. Hi, I'm Jesse. Goodbye, I'm Paul Weimer. Goodbye, I'm Marissa. Hey, it's Wayne. <laughs> and we're going to talk about Counterclock World, a 1967 uh, science fiction novel by fellow K. Dick. Expanded from a short story uh, called Your Appointment Will Be Yesterday, which I I read twice, trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Um, <laughs> who, who else read the short story uh, that's about an hour long? Yeah, I did that. Paul? It did it 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 didn't help illuminate things that No, much. it didn't did it. Although I think it has some some easier to access stuff in it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little more direct. Yeah. Wayne, did you uh, have a listener read of that? I didn't. I did, however, both listen to and read Counterclock World, so I'm pretty damn proud of myself about that. <laughs> Good job. Wow. <laughs> Thank um, you. Uh, who can, who can tell us the difference between the two? So there's different character in the, in the short story starting us off, right? Some, there's a lot of crossover between including character names and worlds. And I think that, I think the, the, uh, dynamics of, of the physics, if that's what the, it's called or the entropy is the same is that am i wrong about that paul marissa yeah i think it's the same yeah it's 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 the same basic idea that i mean i mean the the characters are different but it's like you know we're still destroying knowledge we're still doing things in reverse Mm -hmm. you wake up in the morning and you oh yeah it, it is the morning you wake up in the morning and then you apply uh, you apply shaving whiskers. cream and whiskers to your face, <laughs> where and then yeah. you dig out the stinky clothes out of the hamper and put them on. And as the day goes by, the the hairs are sucked into your face, and the clothes become <laughs> cleaner and cleaner. Is that? This is so gross. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty strange. Um, yeah, what the, what what really it, it reminded me of is uh, it had some of the same logical problems as. Um, Superman's Bizarro World. Oh, the, right. The, yeah, of course. Well, that's a good connection. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, even when I was a, a 10-year-old reading about uh, Bizarro Superman, it's like, okay, wait a minute, he does this exactly the opposite. However, if you were to take that to his logical conclusion, he would also have to do this, that, and, you know, it just it, it, lends, it lends itself to a lot of self-stultifying problems. Right. And uh, I found that in this book too. I was, I was. Uh, that's one of the fun things about it. I think as as time is being reversed and things are going the opposite direction that they're supposed to be going, what's his gonna? What's his next thing gonna be? And 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 what is gonna be passed over? You know, there's there because there's some things that seem to be happening because they're just because they're happening because of whatever. Uh, uh, what was the effect? The uh, Hobart effect. Oh, right. Hobart, Hobart phase. Yeah. Hobart phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, happening because of that, but but a lot of the stuff, like you just mentioned, the the shaving thing, um, happens only with their participation. Yeah, yeah it, it's true. very strange. 
I'm, I've been reading a lot of or going through a lot of old DC comics, and DC comics were bizarre to begin with. Like just the amount of spinoffs of Superman are insane. Like there's there was an issue the other day I saw. It was Supergirl was going through Superman's uh, baby photos. <laughs> And saying, don't share my baby photos with the world, Supergirl. And there's Superdog and Jimmy Olsen, you know, Superman's pal and Superman's girlfriend. Lois Lane had her own comic. And then, you're yeah. right, there's Bizarro. Bizarro World is not the regular Superman world. It's the So here's the Bizarro code. Us do opposite of all earthly things. Us hate beauty. Us love ugliness. Is big crime to make anything perfect on Bizarro World, and then you know the typical Superman cover that you know that first issue of Action Comics, where Superman's uh, grabbing the car, you know yeah. everybody knows that image. There's a Bizarro World version of him. He's smashing the car, and of course the car has four wheels, right? But the wheels are square, <laughs> just like his planet is square. It's a cube. Instead yeah. of a, a yeah. round world like Earth, it's like what the heck? So, Bizarro Superman is a bad guy, but he's also stupid. <laughs> I'm not sure. Like, why is he stupid? Is Superman supposed to be smart? In in trying to figure out what what the hell is going on, I was I spent a ton of time, and probably to the detriment of my comprehension of the plot of this novel, trying to figure out just like how the economy worked. Yep. Yeah, I yep. felt like this was one where, like, usually with Philip K. Dick's books, I, if I reread parts or think about it more, I understand more, and mm. I think this was definitely one of those ones where you shouldn't try to understand it <laughs> too, like, yeah. don't try and make it work logically, or, I don't know, it just felt like it got messier and messier the more I thought about it. <laughs> well, it, 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 yeah. in, the, in, the, in the novel, the, the whole web page just happened, and it's just like, no one can explain it, and... I mean, there's just a couple of things saying, oh, oh, maybe it'll stop and maybe it won't. Whereas in the in the short story, the they they know, kind of know where the Hobart base started and the the whole the whole point of uh, your appointment will be yesterday will hinge on will you will this guy actually wind up stopping it and having time go forward again? Mm-hmm. Well, don't don't we get a yeah. bit of a hint of that in uh, in the ending of of the novel as well? I mean, I, I I got that I I got the sense that we were I got a lot of weird senses in reading the the novel because I I spent a lot of time thinking about what uh, what was going through Dick, Dick's mind trying to what he's processing sort of with the with the book. I think I think acid was probably <laughs> it's literally <laughs> mentioned. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, because you have the LSD LSD grenades at one point. But, that the guy uses. In the, uh, is it only in the short story where the robot comes into the office and plants embryonic robots in the No, that's cabinet? in the novel. It's, that's oh, in both, so it's yeah. in both, right? Yeah. 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 And I was like, what, what's, that, what's that mean? It, yeah, I, I find myself saying that like, <laughs> like <laughs> three, three or four times a chapter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I, I, I what think does like, that mean? I, I think what, uh, like what Marissa said, so it, it, you have to take your um voluntary suspension of disbelief uh, to the to a 
the tenth degree uh, in this mm-hmm. book. You, you just can't think. You can't think too much about it. You just have to let it happen to you. Uh, and I still came away with it with the question of: Is there some overarching? Uh, metaphor I'm missing. I think Does, there uh, is. I I, uh, I spent my whole time every 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 time there was it fell into plot. Right. I would start thinking, oh, okay. So like one of, one of the things that is so striking um, in the novel start is is that scene at the beginning in the in the graveyard where they're sending pipes down into the the people who are coming back to life. This is Jesus, right, coming out of the cave on the third day, right? And or Lazarus. Yeah. Well, Jesus comes out of the cave too, right? Out of the on the third well, day. Right, right. But, but but Lazarus is called forth by Jesus, so I think Lazarus is a better metaphor because they're calling because because they're calling forth the people out of the graves. Well, we have a we have a Jesus in the in the novel too, at least one. Y- yes. Well, well, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, Anarch Peak thinks he's thinks he is, and he thinks that uh, that um, Hermes is that, that that's that's made uh, explicit. Oh yeah, what the years? It? It's four B. It's four BC. Right. So there, there's something going on uh, symbolically. I think even if it's uh, if it's not completely cooked, it there's something going on with with the 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 putting down a breathing tube right it's like well how do you know when to stop how do you know you're not stabbing it into the person right yeah yeah, uh, yeah, yeah they did, he, weird, did like... mention, he did mention at one point that there's uh there are certain skills that go with the job which include uh digging them up without cutting them in half. right <laughs> so, right yeah and just the, i was kind of curious as well are they like does that mean there's people that are coming to life and then just suffocating, like, everywhere as well. Like, do they then get another – like, how do they even know that happens? <laughs> and every, yeah, well, uh, because well, like somebody re- died in a shipwreck. Everything's reversed, right? So, like, we've got Officer Tinbane, right? That's his name? Tinbane? Mm-hmm. What, the, what does his yeah. name mean? <laughs> yeah. There was uh, there was even there's another character in there, uh, the Ray Roberts guy. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I, I – I, Googled that. I Googled each name as I came across it to see if you know he was sneaking something in there, and uh, there was a there was a, a a Robert Raymond in in church history somewhere. Some some theologian who whose particular hobby horse that he was riding was that you shouldn't uh, try to prove the existence of God because uh, you know and he had he had some worked out reason why you shouldn't. Um, so I was thinking, you know. <sighs> Does that have anything to do with this uh, Ray Roberts character? And I didn't find any. Uh, 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 long story made short, I didn't find any connection there. But but there were just little things like that 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 I was searching out in in some uh, desperate attempt to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to find out what the, what the hell he was talking about. Paul, Paul you should know the answer uh, or question answer. I don't know. One or the other. Um, to uh, this this query um, or this answer, uh, who's the guy who stabbed Jesus on the cross? The, that, that, that that would be the the centurion Longinus. Longinus, right? So uh, I I was making the connection that Tinbane was kind of like Longinus, um, in that instead of you know 
stabbing Jesus as a mercy, and then uh, having that him being an official who's a negative. He's a pot like so. The way in Tinbane, his his arc, and he dies in the story. He dies right. Um, it's sort of shockingly, surprisingly, like Philip K. Dick. It felt like Philip I, K. Dick didn't know he was going to die, right? Yeah, because I, I, I thought, yeah, he was going to really be the primary character because he's such a typical Dick protagonist. And yes, so he, he dies. Like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, wait, Hermes is the real protagonist here. That's odd. Right. And, <laughs> and, and of course, the Hermes is the, the god is, is, um, the, guider to the afterworld in the in the you know like he's the guy who takes you to um across the river sticks to yeah he's uh, a yeah. psychopomp right he yep he's a psychopomp he, and and what's the vial of the vial of uh, hermes their their corporation of course philip k dick turns it into a small business right <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> well there's there's his obsessions with little businesses again right it's uh so he turns he turns that uh, you know the and all I mean uh, to me the whole book is tinged with the idea like it's him trying to figure out that abortion thing isn't it Marissa is this the what's the timeline for that abortion that happened oh yeah I actually didn't even think about that but oh totally it's all through it I mean they, of course. they talk about the the when does the soul enter the corpse. <laughs> Right, and then when the the uh, you're having sex, the sperm shoots out of the woman's egg, and into your oh, God. penis. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't want to think too much about that. Uh, uh, this is this another thing with this book. Just like it just grossed me out, like in so many ways. Like it's another thing if you think about that stuff too oh, much. Yeah. Like what is he actually saying right here? And oh, like, it's really oh, funny. My God. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think a lot of his stuff was uh, was. Um, you know, just uh, I don't know, hilarious passing uh, references to, like for example, the uh, the 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 Sogum thing right. in, uh, in this, this book with time going backwards instead of eating and then uh, consequently eliminating, uh, you would take in Sogum uh, from through, through the an, anus. The un- yeah, and and then end up throwing up Whole Foods. <laughs> right, and of course and, you do you do the sogum uh, in company, right? You share a, a tube. Yes, you, sh- you share, share a, a ceramic tube and enjoy some <laughs> spirit sogum. Mmm, oh, yum yum. Let's all uh, let's uh, have a party, everybody. Pull down your pants. <laughs> and and I looked I looked that I looked that word up to see if it it uh, meant anything, and it <laughs> it's actually a small bamboo korean flute <laughs> no way it is it is it is so, so uh, you know so i mean it, it, it's little things like that that he, he he throws in he's got little like time bombs of hilarity that yeah. he throws in there if if you if you, you can read over it but if you happen to catch it you know <laughs> and i wonder how much of that is actually the substance of, of uh, the, the style of at least this book, uh, uh, regardless of, uh, of, of why he, um, uh, you know, obsessed a, a about it. Um, you know, if the the abortion issue was something that was really bugging him, you could definitely see how this was um, uh, in response to that or, or yeah, in response I, to I, it. It must reflecting be. That. It must but be. There's uh, so many. There's so much time spent thinking about about the. 
the philosophical ramifications of go you know like and like the scene where um she says uh i have to have sex soon because i'm pregnant (laughs) 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 and then that just means any random man becomes like becomes the the father of whatever baby was inside her right yeah and 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 that's also uh uh, another uh, of those little inconsistencies is uh, when uh, when you're uh, getting to the point where you're going to have you have to as a, an infant, you have to search out a womb. It, it didn't necessarily have to be your mother's. No, womb. It, it, no, it's just it's, a nearby one. Yeah, that was strange. <laughs> that whole scene where that woman is um, falling in love with a baby that she wants to incorporate. Right. <laughs> it's like so gross. Like she's basically going to consume <laughs> the baby and absorb its DNA, like yeah. someone else's DNA and someone else's baby into her body, which uh, don't forget as well. That's um, remember Philip K. Dick's twin. Right. Right. Um, wasn't that oh, right. reabsorbed? So, right. That's right. No, uh, well, yes, she was, no, she was, she was buried. So, uh, Oh, she was, yeah, I can't remember. She, he's buried right beside her actually. Um, oh yeah. Colorado, right? So was it? Yeah. Um, which is, yeah, interesting. Um, there's a lot. Of, one, one guy we haven't mentioned yet. I, I sent you guys very early this morning the uh, documentary uh, about him, Bishop Pike. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So we've the talked about him a bit on other shows, I'm sure, because he was at, <clears throat> at some time Phil K. Dick's. Um, Friend is the right word for it. He he apparently performed a marriage for PKD, one of five marriages. But um, his he his did, own story. Was, oh, sorry, go for it. Oh, I was just gonna say uh, it, it was while he was writing or around the time he wrote this book, mm-hmm. I think, and it was his marriage to um, Nancy, the very young. I think she was a teenager, right? Uh, yeah, so, she looks pretty young. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, so I think he, at this point, he's, like, falling in... Well, he actually fell in love with her sister, whose name is Anne. Oh. <laughs> so, but Anne, didn't, Anne wasn't interested in him, so he ends up taking on this teenage girl in this Weird. kind of fatherly way, and he's, like, bothered by, you know, he's got the big age difference. Right, and he's you see with, that in tons of books. <laughs> yeah, this is... And, yeah, his ex-wife, Anne Dick, is saying that this book is all about that. Like it's right. about him falling in love with Nancy and Anne and the weird relationship they had. <laughs> so yeah, there, there's uh, there's one part in, in here too, where he was uh, also, um, uh, agonizing over the question of, uh, you know, if, if you have a, a, a thought, uh, um, and and it's a bad thing. Does that make you a bad person? Or yeah. Uh, and and that you know, uh, uh, what if you, uh, you know, what what if you think you're thinking of a, a situation where you could take advantage of right, someone, right. And, and it would be fun for you, but not necessarily good for them. Is that a is that a sin? Is that a crime? And right. Uh, so so maybe that's uh, well maybe that falls, falls into that mix too. It totally Definitely. fits in. So I w- I want to point out that. Um, Pike, the Bishop Pike, his wife uh, around the time, stepdaughter, was Philip K. Dick's wife. So his wife's stepdaughter was Philip K. Dick's wife, or became oh, really? Philip K. Dick's wife. Uh, really? Yeah, so it says, uh, 
James Pike was the inspiration for the character of Timothy Archer in PKD's uh, transmigration of Timothy Archer. They were friends, and P- Pike officiated at Dick's wedding of Nancy ha- to Nancy Hackett, stepdaughter of Marion Marin Hackett, who was um, the woman. If you watch the document, uh, I call it a documentary. The In Search of episode uh, hosted by Leonard Nimoy about Bishop Pike talks about how at the end of his life, um, after uh, being forced out of the church, he goes to Israel uh, to do research on a book on Jesus. Um, drives out into the desert with his wife. Um, with they, they drive out into the desert with two two bottles of coke, and then uh, the car gets yeah. hung up on something, you know, in the desert road, and they're hours and hours and hours away from help. They don't know how to work the jack, and she walks away. She walks to try and get help, and he stays behind, and then apparently tries to follow. And they they found him dead in the desert. Very symbolically interesting way of dying. Um, walking out of the desert like Jesus was, uh, you know, time in the desert sort of thing. And he's yeah, bent over on his on his on his front like he's, he was praying, right? And this is a guy who, oh, oh. if you read read his Wikipedia entry, which is largely, um, I would take say, taken from that. Uh, I want to say documentary, <laughs> in search of episode. Uh, hosted by Leonard Nimoy. This is a guy who was very much like Philip K. Dick, um, mind going a million miles a minute, marrying women, having trouble staying married to them, um, struggling with having his trouble belief. Finding, yeah, and having trouble yeah. deciding in his own head who he loves and doesn't love, which is <laughs> a and, lot in this novel. And well. also like super, super liberal in that he's, you know, he's pro-gay, uh, he's pro uh, black. He's so like a lot of the s- stuff that sort of I guess takes a second. I don't know. It, it's it, it's in this novel, but not the main focus. The the stuff about the there's the two parts of the United States, the black part and the the uh, rest. I guess. Well, there's yeah. three parts. Yeah. There's three parts. Is there three parts? There's there's the WS, there's the FNM, and there's the Eastern US. That's okay. oh yeah, and there's four parts because Alaska and Hawaii are also a separate country now too. They mentioned right. Mm-hmm. There's um, like four countries out of the US. Yeah, so so it's coming out of the 60s, right? It, we think of now as sort of an instable time and people are obsessed with politics. Well, at this time there's like 10,000 bombings around the United States that are politically motivated, right? There's there's tons of uh, you know, war agitation and civil rights ag- agitation going on, um, and this this bishop is on TV uh, saying, "I don't, you know, heaven isn't real, <laughs> and um, you know, we gotta be good to each other." And uh, in the in the show, they talk about how when he was invested as um, the head of a church in, I think it was New York. Uh, he had two new um, windows put in, you know, stained glass windows, and one of them was for Einstein, and the other was for another sort of secular saint. He called him, right? He's wow. he's talking. There's video clips of him talking about how, you know, Copernicus told us that there is no up. You can't ascend into heaven, right? This is a guy who's uh, who's counseling Philip K. Dick on the questions of, uh, is it okay for me to take advantage of your stepdaughters, uh, your wife's stepdaughter? <laughs> And right. the, the very yeah. philosophical answer is, 
well, you know, you're a good guy, and, you know, you're not a mean person, so I kind of side with <laughs> PKD and 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 um, and uh, the bishop at this point, you know, like, even though it seems like it's wrong, it seems like it should be wrong somehow, eh, mm-hmm. you know what, it's not really, everybody's consenting here, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Even if you're cheating on your old wife, you know, you're not, you're having a bad relationship. It's, you know, things are rough. Yeah, I think the worst part of that relationship is, um, like, even, like, the way he talks about it is that Nancy, um, to Philip K. Dick, was someone who was just not really capable. You know, like, she's got her own, like, psychological issues, mm. and um, he really did sort of take an almost father role with her. <laughs> mm. Yeah. When you see the pictures, um, she's, like, tiny, and he's huge. Um, Yeah. And she she does look more like, you know, daughter-sized, daughter-aged. Daughter-sized. There's a quote from him here in um, Andig's book where he says um, about... He's talking to Marin Hackett, which, so that's uh, the... That's Pretty sure Pikes. that's the bishop's wife, yeah, at this point. Right, or at least so he's girlfriend. talking about her stepdaughter. Yeah, and he yeah. says, oh, treating her like an adult, that is, assuming she is capable enough to know what she's doing. <laughs> like, he just doesn't even think that she, <laughs> that she's capable, and he's sort of, like, taking her under his wing. Yeah, I mean, you got to treat people like adults. I, I try and treat kids like adults, tell them the truth about things, you know? Yeah, I think that's the approach he's taking. It's like, he's almost like, should I treat her like an adult? She's so yeah. childlike. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there, I think technically there's no, uh, it's not as bad as in, well, maybe it is as bad. I don't know. There's a couple novels ago where, you know, things are happening in the park and they probably shouldn't be happening. <laughs> <laughs> legally speaking is probably a, uh, a bad thing um, maybe morally speaking as well but it's all in the past I don't I don't really know what to do about yeah. that. Well, what are we to make of the well, robots I think... in this book because I, I, I really think there is some sort of connection other than you know Wayne you were saying you know you can just appreciate it sort of as as it you know trying to make the connection. I think there's something going on with the robots. There's always something going on with robots. If, if Yeah, I, I think just... I think there's there, there's there, there's it, it's it's a case of with me with this novel one of two things. It's either pearls before swine because I don't understand where right. what the overview is or it's uh, Pig food before jewelers because <laughs> either way I'm just not getting it. You know? Yeah, I, mean, I'm, I'm I had, I had fun with it. It's it, it, it's a fun novel. It's a it, it's a cool story. There's some crazy nutty stuff in there, but I came away from it not knowing. I didn't feel like I got inside his head. And mm-hmm. with with Philip K. Dick, I think the the more I read of him, I'm I'm reading more and more stuff by him lately. I haven't really been an aficionado, but uh, I get the feeling you don't want to get in there. <laughs> it's dark in there inside his head. It can be dark, certainly. Especially in these later books, I think. Yeah, well, I like I, I, we didn't we do the um the what's the what's the big we I'm pretty sure we did it the three stigmata right? We did yeah, we did three stigmata. Okay, so that's the one where like everybody seems to go bananas for the um for the seeing seeing the religious aspect as being 
um, really interesting. And I was actually m more interested in what's going on here, but there isn't. I couldn't find anybody who did for me what I wanted done, which is give me the key to unlocking exactly what's going on. Because so a lot of the words in this book are interesting. So anarch peak, right? Well, the name is actually contradictory in a certain sense because peak is the highest point, right? And right. anarch is without. Uh, so an arc is a leader, right? Uh, it's something that overarches. Anarch would be without, right? It's like right. anarchy without leadership, right? So we've got this. This he's a black guy, right? He's uh, this black um, Jesus figure coming back from the dead, which is pretty interesting, and then. Everybody's trying to struggle over who's going to get to do what with him. Is, is Am I getting this right? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He, mm -hmm. He's definitely this his, – his return and what, peop, what various factions want out of him is definitely the, the, the ultimate center point of the novel. I mean it's just that we're looking at it from two oblique angles. We're looking at it from Joe who eventually dies and we're looking at it from uh, – from, from the uh, the main the main protagonist who has come back himself, which is of course this is just like it's like he it's almost it's almost said it's almost as if uh, he's our Saint John the Baptist character for Anarch Peak, mm -hmm. if that makes a little sense, mm -hmm. because he's 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 come back first before Peak has. So, and 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 in not quite the right form. Because he, because he tries to remember things, and he says he can't remember things. But Anarch Peak just has this whole torrent of stuff about the afterlife that he wants to share so very badly. Yeah, so I, I think we can, I think we can, we might be able to figure out what's going on. So my, my technique in these situations is never to attack it from the, the front door because I, it doesn't work for me. <laughs> I never seem to get in that way. Um, <laughs> However, uh, I, I do think the best method for a lot of this is you use the Trojan horse method, right? You trick your way in. So uh, there's this story. I don't know how – I don't know if it, it can be attributed to coincidence. Just, you know, you do uh, two, how many shows? There's 400 shows on stuff, and every once in a while things will coincide. Or, or if it was – subconscious or some combination well, I don't know if it can be a combination of subconscious and uh, coincidence maybe I don't know in any case this week I happened to do a short story for reading short and deep recorded just on Wednesday a show about a short story from 1900 called when time turned it's by an author named Ethel Watts Mumford who had a pretty good writing career after this her first short story ever published, for which she won um, a prize of $125 in 1900, equivalent to $3,700 for an eight-page story. That's pretty good. Um, in any case, the story, it's kind of science fiction. Um, it's about... Did anybody happen to read it? Because I, I, I sent it, but I didn't make a big stink about, you know, you guys... No, unfortunately, I didn't get to it sadly. Okay. Yeah. Did I you just read, read it? it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I guess the premise of this story is there's this guy who says that he's living his life backwards. 
Um, and it all started at the point uh, of his wife's death. He get he got a call or a telegram saying that his wife was dying, so he hurried to her bedside. And just as she he walks into the house or runs into the house, uh, she's lying in her bed. She smiles when she sees him, and he holds her hand, and then she dies. And then he. Was he, the line is, the dome of his head expanded. Yeah, here. Then came a slow tightening and straightening sensation somewhere inside the dome of my skull that seems as fast as St. Peter's. A snap, sharp as a broken banjo string and perfectly audible, was its climax. And then he looked around. He looks around. It's everything silent. And then he sees the, or hears the clock start ticking again, but it's ticking in reverse. And everything in his life subsequent to that has been a reversal of his life experience. He knows his whole life, he has his memory of it, but he relives it in reverse. So he describes the, his wife's hand, which was cold after she dies, coming to, to be warm again. And then she's in her sickbed and she becomes healthy, right? And then uh -huh. they spend many wonderful years together as she grows younger. Uh, and then he, he, on the first anniversary of their marriage, he realizes he only has one more year of love with her, uh, of wedded bliss. Uh, after which point they have their marriage, they start dating, <laughs> and then he dreads the fact that he is, he is no longer going to uh, ever have even had a casual acquaintance with her. So the whole story is, is kind of focused on their marriage in, a sa in the same way that a lot of Philip K. Dix is, but from a female mm -hmm. point of view, although the, narr the narrator or the main characters of this story are all male, it's sort of focused on the marriage relationship in a very positive way. Ethel Watts Mumford herself had a terrible relationship with her husband who didn't like her being a writer. <laughs> in any case, and, you know, the fact that she got $3,700 allowed her to move across the country to California, probably to uh, where Philip K. Dick lived and blah, blah, blah. So there's a, a lot of connections with this. But what's so interesting about the uh, is the short story is it 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 there's it fits a sort of straightforward assessment of what you would think of if you were thinking time reverses itself right that we experience things in reverse and that's mm -hmm. sort of what's going on in this novel you know with well, it's a strand of this novel anyway well the the thing though is is people remember what happened in the future right in this novel right yes sort yeah, of yeah, yeah well yeah this the entry doesn't extend to Knowledge, although the the but the, the knowledge is, is being destroyed, right? So that that's physical knowledge is yeah, physical knowledge. No, is. but e even mental knowledge, especially it's made clear in the short story or the uh, novelette. Uh, the your appointment will be yesterday, right? The swabble that is right. being destroyed. They're 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 shredding or whatever the main copies, and then the final the original document for the patent office, right, has to be carefully have its ink sucked out of the page and put onto a, a ream of ink ribbon and then the paper back carefully into the mill so that it, all the knowledge will be wiped out. And as it is being done so, right, he, he finds himself unable to even tell you what the, what, a, what the swabble was or what it, 
how what size it was, right? Well, so yeah, then, and that's in the story, but that's not really in the novel. Right, that's why I was trying to figure out what the... One of the really interesting things, this is the way Philip K. Dick always goes in, in my experience, is, is that you take whatever premise it is, and he just doesn't do what you expect him to do. He doesn't do like in the way it is in When Time Turned, right? Where um, if you're living your life backwards, you know your future because you, you've lived it before. At least you remember it fairly well. And right. your, your memories right. get better and better as you approach those memories, right? That would be the, the logical way of looking at it. Philip K. Dick says, just like, you know, if I'm going to do a World War II novel or what would happen if the Nazis win World War II, it's not our world that is reflected in their their alternate fiction, right? It's a He never approaches it in the, in the normal, everyday way that mm-hmm. one would expect. And so if that's the case, what what do the robots signify? Like the fact that the robot is implanting, secretly implanting, immorally implanting embryonic, microscopic, uh, sperm-sized um, it, was, it was an robots. attempt at espionage. It was a failed attempt at espionage because that scene, I think, well, first first shows that the Eponym really wants to know about what's happened with the Anarchic, but also is our first real indication that the library is powerful, secretive, and has resources because the attempt utterly fails. It's like, oh, the library, these are not doddering old librarians. These librarians have stuff backing them up that they were able to stop this attempt so easily. And right, then, so of course, li- librarians, librarians are, are the are the bad guys in a certain sense, right? So does that mean make Officer Tinbane a, a, a good guy? Like, like if you reverse everything, right? And he can't really do that. If you make the, if you wait, make white Jesus um, a black Jesus who starts dead and becomes alive and then goes dead again, like, yeah, how does this work, right? Like, what what does uh-huh. it mean? And and given that robots are sort of ambiguous in every Philip K. Dick story. Sometimes they're sympathetic. Generally, they're just but, like people. They, they can be positive or negative. When when we have I, that... I think, I, I, I think the robots are a uh, um, a distraction here because, uh, because after uh, after those scenes, we really don't see any many robots at all. I'm trying to think of any major Asia scenes with the robots after after that and i'm not coming well, up with any you guys that's what i think there's a there's something here though remember in the novel um there's a scene where he's where one of the characters is doing espionage right his own kind of espionage not the robot kind of espionage and he he's given uh something that he's going to cut out and it's all dotted out for him so he knows how to fold it properly and he's going to put it on his left arm wasn't it or maybe it was his right arm i can't remember his left arm as an armband and that was going to get him passed, and then he was going to take the, the, the counteracting agent so he could operate in reverse time, which is right. forward yeah, time. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That 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 was Hermes trying to infiltrate the library and get out, ostensibly get out peak. Although when he he winds up failing that and getting Lada instead. So like, what what is this? We have that sort of the beginning and the end, at least. <laughs> Is this like a, a reversal of the... See, 
one of the things that's going on in that Ethel Watts Mumford story is that if you know the past and as you approach it, why don't you act differently, right? This is going back to our show on um, uh, Arrival and uh, yes, on Story arrival, of Your arrival. Life, right? Where right. It, you have the mm-hmm. ash of memory going backwards and forwards from whatever point in the present you are. And being able to act differently or or not act differently i mean think think one of the things i I, i'm spinning out of control of when reading the book and i'm sure wayne you had this exact same situation in your mind you've got you've got the guy says "Mm, coffee as he pours it out of his out of his throat into his mouth he ruminates it up into his mouth yeah right and he (laughs) enjoys the flavor of the coffee as it goes through right and then and then the coffee somehow becomes defiltered and becomes beans and water. And, and they is, put it in a dirty dish and put it in the cabinet. <laughs> right. And then I'm thinking, does that mean, do they they have like sewer trucks that come by, reverse sewer trucks that come by, sneak into your house in the middle of the night and, uh, you know, take away all your dirty dishes? Because if yeah, that's... And, and it also, also begs the question, um, and I don't want to think about this too, for too long, but <laughs> what is what is in those sorghum pipes? <laughs> um, um, yeah, you know, it's exactly what you would guess. I would guess. I mean, no, God, and where do they get it? You know, I don't want to. Uh, um, yeah, well, that's in that um, uh, in the episode that you sent us to watch right, as well, the right? Dwarf. The, like, the episode of Red Dwarf backwards, yeah. season three, episode one. We're at the end. He he runs behind the bush and squats to right. um, literally uh, take a shit. So good. Like, he's taking. Yeah. Right. Literally taking it. Yeah, he's yeah. taking it. Gives <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all the meaning to taking a sorghum. Uh, <laughs> hmm. Yeah. You just uh, so uh, to me, you know, like I, I'm working on the economy in my in my mind, right? In the and it's to good effect in the Red Dwarf episode where these humans from Earth that runs in the normal direction visit humans uh from a earth that runs in the backwards direction right and, and it's the in their explanation in the i love i love red dwarf because it is a science fiction show but it it plays all of its science fiction for comedy but it takes its science fiction seriously so it says how how's this work oh it's a we go through a time hole and we have gone into the future so far that everything is reversed instead of the big bang it's the big crunch everything's reversing right so when they get into the taxi uh they get a ride and when they get out of the taxi the taximan gives him the fare and the change right and in this novel, and especially in the short, uh, the novelette, the young, uh, your appointment will be yesterday. Um, money is something you want to get rid of, right? Uh, you say, oh, oh it's great. He's going to be, become uh, impoverished. <laughs> Just what I'm looking for, right? So for me, uh, if I'm operating in this world, what is the what is the equivalent of counterfeiting? Like just trying to wrap my head about what that is probably ruin yeah. two chapters yeah. for me because i'm like okay if you've got this big problem you've got all this money around can't you just burn it how do they stop you <laughs> and remember the money has no value anyways right right the, there, there was one place. point where the uh, one point where the the woman uh um who is uh, seducing him the undercover woman from the library there mm-hmm. uh 
she was like, uh, let me take you out to uh, uh, dinner. You know, let me take you out to sorghum or whatever it is. Yep. Uh, I just got paid and the money will be no good tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So it, it, you get paid, but the money loses value rapidly and becomes mm-hmm. worth nothing. Yeah, it's like Zimbabwe uh, hyperinflation. <laughs> except, except why wouldn't you want to hang on to it so you become poor? Like, <laughs> because the, to become poorer and poorer is the goal of everyone's life, right? They want to disimprove themselves or something. Yep. Mm. Uh, so when trying to figure that stuff out, going like if if we take every situation, we flip it on its head and say, what's going on here? Sometimes it, it's really profound. And sometimes it makes no sense. And and uh, I think that's where, like, the very first review on Goodreads, if you look at it, uh, the guy did a clever thing, right? He he wrote it in reverse. Wow. <laughs> it starts with a period. And this is good pretty as Memento Nolan's, screen, uh, Nolan's period. Screen, the, the on best works, it think I, though, really period uh, this dude to, right and so you have to start reading it in the opposite direction i suppose the idea of a world where time runs backward is kind of amusing right and he gave it a two stars everybody loves this concept nobody loves this book mm-hmm. but i think there's something going on that we're uh, given given how obsessed philip k dick is with religion yeah, mm-hmm. I, I just got kind of a little flash of either insight or yeah. something that's going to take me down the drain. Um, <laughs> uh, when you when you look at the situation of the the anarch, he's uh, he's about to uh, um, be unborn or reborn or whatever it is. He's about to uh, gain life again, and there are uh, all sorts of factions that have been uh, coming up with their own answers to what is life and what is reality and what is important and what is true. Uh, and now they're all bidding over him because they never realized or never believed uh, that uh, uh, the passage from Corinthians was true. Right. Where death will be overcome and uh, a grave where is the whatever it is, death wears thy sting. Uh, They never realized that it was actually true, Mm -hmm. but but it is true. It is true. And now the Anarch, the Christ figure, is coming back and and all these opposing factions have their their interest in him. Uh, They, uh, so it might be, it might just be um, Philip K. Dick's uh, critique of how history has treated the Christ story. Absolutely. Uh, so maybe there's, you know, maybe there's something in there. I'd like to reread this after I've digested it a little bit. And, and <laughs> w- with that in mind, see if it makes any more sense. Because it was, as you said, uh, uh, there are parts that are good, that sound, that feel profound. And then parts that are the, like, just don't make any sense. And I think that's the way Philip K. Dick looked at life, anyway. You, you have to you have to ruminate and disgorge, not not digest. <laughs> oh, yes, thank, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I I can't remember the the author or even the title of the story. I remember reading it years ago. It was a short little satire of a story where, basically, this happens where people 
further further past just start showing up and getting resurrected it just happens spontaneously i mean there isn't any industry about it and there isn't that reversal of time otherwise because i remember uh because the, the guy's running this firm and then his father his father who has been rat and reanimated shows up and says no you're doing it all wrong and we need to run the firm this way now and then at the end of the story his father shows up saying no 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 you're doing it all wrong mm. This is the way we need to run this firm, and I don't remember any of the details, but it doesn't have doesn't go through the whole implications of all the reversal of time that Dick starts here and doesn't quite always think through. And I think that's part of the frustration of this story. I'm not sure what I'm not even sure Dick really wanted to explore the whole reversal of time or or the idea of a the reversal of the reversal story of a messiah figure who is or isn't maybe the real thing and we don't know and they don't know. I'm not sure what Dick himself was trying to do here. And I think that's part of the reason why it's exploring. I think, I think he's, he's exploring, but he's not actually, he's not landing on any square though. No, right. uh, I think possibly from what you just said, Jim, that I think maybe his uh, perspective might've been, um, we we really don't know more more of an agnostic type of uh, look at at actual history. Maybe we don't know, but all these people think they do, and that's his criticism. And yeah, they're all that's at Pike's, odds with that's each Pike's other, thing you know? too, right? There's clips of him, you know, people saying, "Well, what what's your future? Where you're not going to heaven?" And he's like, "What's heaven?" <laughs> right? Like, try, the answers are are the hard part, right? The the exploration is is what he's spending his whole life doing. Um, but to me, like I'm thinking about the the Corinthian stuff and thinking about how how I'm just obsessed with what Tinbane's doing. What he, it it's like he's Jesus harrowing hell, right? Bringing people out of the earth um, in a in a you promise. Mean Sebastian or the uh, is Sebastian Tinbane? Who? What's the Se- Sebastian, Sebastian the Hermes. one that's bringing that's the Sebastian Hermes. Bringing the people out of the well, graves. Tinbane's, well, he is, but Tinbane's the officer, right, who shows oh, up. Oh, yeah, he finds the people, yeah. Right, yeah. and he he has a special, he's specially attuned. He can hear them in a way that other people can't, right? I don't know how easy it would be to hear somebody under six feet of earth screaming, like, help <laughs> me, help me, but he seemed to have some psychic connection to them. And, yeah. And the fact that right. he is killed um, suddenly... Um, there's some sort of thing going like he's a Jesus figure too, right? He, he's Jesus in reverse in a certain sense, or some sort of biblical uh, prophet, I, I would guess. But it's very hard to put your finger on what what is what's going who's, on exactly. Yeah, who who maps to whom here? But I, I I'm still pretty confident in Hermes as the Saint John the Baptist figure here. Yeah, that uh, that's logical. And but everything but else turning is kind it of into slippery. a you know. Turn it always. Philip K. Dick always has to turn it into a small business, right? How to how to keep, <laughs> keep things going? Because in the real world, that's the thing is, you know, he's very well acquainted with the economy, right? The economy of you know having to pay pay for things and how much coffee costs. So um, figuring out what's going on is, and then what every chapter starts with a quote, right? And some yep. of them I, I, I recognize or thought I recognized, but I think some of them are fi- like they're inverted or something. Oh, really? I think so. You know, there, was a, there, there was a couple of them that, that seemed to be like, I don't know if it was just out of context or if it uh, if it was like deliberately 
not what uh, this guy would have said. There's an epigraph in there about uh, that uh, St. Thomas Aquinas says something about uh, uh, make some comment uh, leading to the conclusion that therefore there is no God. Right. So, right. I mean, and those are Aquinas, the opposite, it, right? Yeah. And, and if, Aquinas, if Aquinas did say that, it, it, that's out of context because, you know, I mean, he was the doctor of the church, you know. Here, I mean, here he's it not, is. Yeah, he's he's the he's the guy. Every uh, if you do philosophy of religion class, that's uh, the one everybody starts and basically ends with, right? Is a kind of exactly. Here's the quote, mm-hmm. chapter four: If therefore God existed, there would be no evil discoverable. But there is evil in the world; therefore, God does not exist. Yeah, that's not that's not an argument Thomas Aquinas it's would the, make in this. It's an inversion oh, of the argument that he makes, right? But if you're going backwards in time, uh, like, uh, maybe we could spend too much time trying to figure out what the Hobart event was. Well, the Hobart phase. <laughs> it's just, well, in, in the novel, it just happens. In the story, it clearly was triggered and could be untriggered. So yeah, in the and, novel, and, it's just a mystery. And But it, it seems to but, be like, uh, it seems like almost a weapon because in the short story, in the novelette, Young, Your Appointment Will Be Yesterday, the uh, FNM, what it was, the Negro part of the United States, they don't have the Hobart phase, right? Or if it, if they do, it's not as in great an effect. And Mars also in the in the novel um, doesn't have it. But yeah, if, it's, it's like it's almost it's almost zero. They say on Mars, so it sounds like it's an emanating field for on from like Earth. A, it's like radiation almost. Like the uh, some the the Russians dropped a, a Hobart bomb, and you know Los Angeles is is suffering from the Hobart effect. I mean, it doesn't say anything like that in the novel, but that's that seems to be the effect, right? And yeah. as with every Philip K. Dick novel that talks about Mars. There's so many novels that talk about let's move to Mars, and they never do in those novels. Then there's some they actually do, because every once in a while he does it. But it, it's like we need to escape this place. It's this place that's screwed up. Um, it's why you had the abortion or whatever it is, right? Like There's this idea that it, we're, we're suffering some, some sort of terrible problem, this Los Angeles, this Orange County I don't know. There's something wrong about it, and we got to get out of here. And everybody's playing this real estate game, like whatever things going on. Uh, I know people in my own life who they think that the effects that they see in the world that are negative are other people, and so they're always trying to escape those people. Mm-hmm. But they yeah. carry around the the Hobart phase with them, or whatever their equivalent is, right? Mm-hmm. So that no matter where they go, they always find themselves surrounded by the problem that they they are seeking to escape, and they never notice that it's it's them, <laughs> right? So yeah. I don't know what I don't know what it means, but when the in the in the short story or novelette, your appointment will be yesterday. The robot comes to the office and it says, "Treat me as." Uh, this other person who I'm agent for, and I, I'm not 100. Yeah, that's, percent, so, so yeah, that's in the novel. Yeah, it's in the novel, right? But it's start. It's the start of uh, almost the start of the short story, or novelette, and that the fact that the robot says treat me as this other person are, and we see that in the novel as well. Are the place we're coming from doesn't have the Hobart effect? So my my, and that's where the title comes from. My future is your yesterday. Right, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I think it's going to be hard to tell, uh, but the, the, this book is going to need another reading at least. Uh, at least. With, uh, with, uh, yeah. with Philip, Philip K. Dick's chimeras all through the whole thing, uh, that just reminded me, the guy's name was Carl. And uh, you, uh, you know, treat me, right? you, you could call me Carl. And, oh, right, uh, right, right. Right, you can call me Carl. Uh, well, the other guy says, if, if it doesn't insult you too much, I'd rather call you the uh, address right. you in the the, the more uh, uh, less formal uh, uh, way, and I'll call you Carl Jr. Carl Jung. Carl Jr. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. Is, see is, is, the robots. Yeah, is there With something the there? Yeah, I mean, of course there and, is. And plus the whole thing that this uh, uh, Raymond Thomas or Thomas Raymond guy is bringing about with his uh you did it right so you die so that is, is the absorption of of all uh intellects into each other where everybody becomes one uh does that have anything to do with with young's uh uh collective unconscious oh yeah because it is the yeah that is that cult right it's the we are all one yep. and, and we are nothing or something yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's the group mind is the so UDDs all these thing. names. So you 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 UDD right? That that's the people who are the Italian Philip K. Dick uh, sort of graffiti, right? The the <laughs> he always does that. He always refers to some German thing or some Italian thing. He just loves loves these foreign things. Um, so he says they're the, he calls them the UDT, the the people, right? But the cult is the Udi cult. Mm-hmm. Which is two things. Everyone dies, right? Duh. Which means oh, yeah. everyone <laughs> everyone comes back to oh life. My God. You die. Mm-hmm. Y O U die. But also you, as in U turn, right? So that you know you know you're headed towards your death, then you do a U turn and back in the other direction towards non-existence. <laughs> so it's almost like the circle of life, right? <laughs> Except it's the circle of death. And so this death cult is actually a life cult. Um, and so everything that is negative is, is all the dirt thrown on them to me could be read as it's very positive. All the uh, there is a little bit of uh, racism in amongst the story. It's not super strong, but it's all on purpose. I think to be positive towards the blacks in the story. Right. right. I, I, that I think that would be his uh, um, ultimate. Uh, uh, intention in, in in regards to that, but I, I still think he's um, well. All these different factions, uh, whether they really represent, a, 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 like you know, for example, whether the Italian faction in in the novel is actually meant to uh, uh, apply to the Roman Church, and uh, whether the uh, uh, FNM faction is supposed to. Uh, point to Pentecostals or or Baptists. I, I'm starting to really believe that the whole thing, the whole purpose, is 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 an excoriation and, and a, a rant against um, people thinking they have all the answers. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, yeah. And, That's it. And the different factions uh, all fighting against each other for possession of of this one uh, Christ figure. Who I don't know. I think probably would just represent the truth the reality what it whatever is real although 
Philip K. Dick doesn't uh, claim to know what that truth is, but he's sort of criticizing all these different factions, each of which does claim to know what the truth is, and they're all uh, contradictory, you know, to each other. So I don't know if all that that rant made me. Yeah, sense, no, it, that sounds yeah. right. So the, the the people's topical library is that is that is that what's the yes what's the equi- what's the equivalent in our world of that so good question and why was everybody so freaked out about them why are they so scared to go to the, to the library I because didn't get it that. destroying knowledge and and they have a large remit and a large amount of power in order to effect that that's I mean the destruction of knowledge the destruction of books is a is a very scary thing because who he who destroys knowledge controls knowledge and that's control of society. I mean, they're clearly, as you said earlier, Jesse meant to be the bad guys here mm-hmm. and just destroying knowledge. I mean, Bill Kedick's setting up early that, yeah, these, I mean, and McGuire's conflicted loyalties aside, they are not meant to be sympathetic or positive in any way whatsoever. They are definitely the black hats. Right. So there's a character in the short story named Niels, N-I-E-E-H-L-S. I don't think he's in the novel. Um, no. Uh, that's another name full of stuff. But Lance Arbutnot, he's in both, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so and, and they make a point of his name. The way you said that sounded like a plea. <laughs> Lance Arbutnot. Well, I think, I mean, Lance is a particular, you know, it's a thing, right? So there's something going on there. But the last name also is very Philip K. Dick. So Arbuthnot, he's a, he's the, in, I, I, they're supposed to be like inventors, right? Sort of uh, Edison types that they've created some process or they've created some technology to squabble, whatever it is that does something, and you get paid. Uh, at the point of the last item being destroyed. And as you destroy it, you get paid, which means I think you get minus money from your account, which is great or something. <laughs> um, it, it gets you what you want. But Arbuthnot, uh, Arbeit, is work in German. Not means not. <laughs> so right, not Lance doesn't work not. Uh, doesn't work. And- yeah, and his wasn't his paper that he wants eradicated is just completely nonsense as well, right? That's referenced a few times that Yes. Uh, yeah. And, and yet is Media, that the meteor reverse? strikes being yeah, being a religious thing. Yeah. People so being hit by meteors. What yeah. But what is but what does it mean? Because see, the earth might have been hit by some antimatter or something, and that's what caused the like there's something weird going on because if 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 we're looking at it from sort of the globalist or out you know from the macro point of view, if only part of the United States is in the reverse time phase, right? As in the short story indicates, and and at least the novel indicates in in planetary situation, um, does that mean Earth is orbiting in the wrong direction and Mars is orbiting in the normal direction? <laughs> like that this. <laughs> This can't you of, go backwards and forwards in time by, and uh, they do talk this, about that, right? They could yeah. live forever if they if they com- keep commuting between Earth and Mars, or at least they hinted that. This is the stuff that really confused me in it because there's like these inconsistencies. Whereas it just areas and there's just certain processes that are going backwards and not other ones, and 
I can't really work out like. Yeah, is it only biological processes? Does just does geology work in reverse? Like, yeah. I think it must. I think it must at least. It's, do, do, do volcanoes unerupt then? Like what the I heck? Think, I think that's right. I, isn't there a building that's that's undestroyed? I can't recall that. There's, yeah, uh, there's, recall uh, remember, they keep talking about the um, the big uh, re- religious revival that they're going to have in the stadium, right? With, uh-huh. um, with Before the guys brought back to life, uh, the... Um, or Anarch. The Anarch. Right? Mm-hmm. Before the Anarch is brought back to life, he's going to... he's They're going to hold a, a big... The Udites are going to hold a big convention, and there's this big deal about how they got a special waiver uh, because of the religious exception for drug use. Everybody's going to take LSD. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean... Uh, you could you could just read this book as you know this is what happens when you take LSD. <laughs> That's <laughs> Things one way start going it. backwards and but um, yeah we we Philip K. Dick wrote almost nothing about this book. You know in his uh, his sometimes he gave some you know introduction or some explanation yeah that's there, a shame because I, I feel like i need this one to be like annotated totally <laughs> we, need, we need there's some there's some way of approaching it but i think we've we've really pointed in the right direction I, I, i'm positive the embryonic robots that are sperm sized robots that are snuck in to a filing cabinet are like because that robot's working in reverse order something's going on there that I, it either doesn't pay off in the novel or does but in such a subtle manner that it it eludes me but it, the, it doesn't it doesn't pay off because they all get taken out because the, the library finds it finds stops well, the stops the robot in mid things like you know get we clean all that out but i think that that that's somehow mirrored later on in the novel with with the um, or reverse mirrored, if that makes any sense, uh, with yeah. the well, with the the human sex uh, that's happening, that the girl tricking the guy into having her help him unpregnant herself. Um, <laughs> well, but but but, but but well, at least that's what she said she wanted. But I think it's made clear that Anne was lying to Hermes all along and that was just a trick to Yeah. But the yeah. process still exists like the process still exists, but yeah, but it wasn't it didn't actually really occur. Yeah. But so are the are the robots definitely also affected by reverse time? Are they Well it says it isn't, right? And and go and if we look at if we if we go by I mean, you can't really see the connection between them but if we go by the logic that's going on in in the red dwarf episode right the robot can understand everything in reverse and and translate right uh, the uh, android whatever his name is in the show a Crichton, right uh, yeah so uh, if we just if we think about what's going on the the manuscript that's going to be destroyed uh, one of them um, the Lance Art Brothnot manuscript is called How I Disassembled My Swabble. Not Assembled My Swabble. How I Disassembled My Swabble into Ordinary Household Objects in My Basement During My Spare Time. 
So I don't know what a swabble is. It's never re- revealed. Yeah. Right. And maybe it's never supposed to be revealed because it's just some sort of, you know, like uh, salad spinner or something. Right? <laughs> some sort of <laughs> completely unimportant object. But yeah. when when the, uh, I want to say patent office clerk, <laughs> takes... Uh, takes the phone call saying, "Hey, this guy Lance Arbuthnot, he's a really crazy guy. He thinks crazy, really crazy. I really think you should disassemble his or eradicate his manuscript." And he says to her, um, "Every everybody's, they all have crazy names. They're all crazy inventors, and they're all their products are useless, right? And yet he takes the appointment." <laughs> Like, like that's a good thing that their crazy inventions are. I mean, Thomas Alva Edison is a kind of a funny name, right? And if you look up people who are inventors, they often have pretty strange names. Uh, <laughs> so I think there's there's something going on here, but the, maybe it just didn't all gel, or maybe it gelled so well and he just never got anybody. Yeah. To, very it's very tough to figure out so most people rate it very mediocre um or in the lower end of philip k dick's stuff and it might be that that way i mean i'm certainly not rating it in the top half i had fun with the the funny parts of it i'm not sure if it i think expanding it into a novel was really ambitious and maybe didn't quite work but I think I had more fun listening to you guys try to pass it out than I actually did reading it. <laughs> it I spent so much time thinking about the how just the technical systems worked. I I did lose track of of all the plot machinations going on over and over again, yeah. and s- thought a lot more about the short story and what's going on in there, and 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 then well, what, for, what it all meant for Wayne, all the people who haven't read the short story, like. Did you? Is the main difference in there that once that swabble, the paper for the swabble is eradicated, that's the thing that caused the um, Hobart phase in the first place. So once that's eradicated, then time reverses again and goes back in its forward motion. Mm. And then uh-huh. when it's when they write the paper again and invent, then it, it gets stuck in like an infinite loop, which doesn't happen in the novel, right? Do they are they aware mm. they're in like a loop? No, uh, no, I don't think they ever. No, no because because they think uh, that in two thousand years Saint Paul will get resurrected, so they're, right, they're, they're yeah. pretty sure it's just going to go back and back. Yeah. By the way, the, so the, there's something in there. Um, uh, just reminded the Saint Paul. I believe Philip K. Dick had the dream that's that's happens at the end of this book where he thought he was a, f- a fourth century, or maybe it was four A.D. Um, scholar working in a how's the end how's the novel end is there's a short story ends that way where he he thinks himself to be and what what roles do dreams play i I, i'm getting i'm I'm lost here (laughs) yeah it's confusing but there's something there's something going on there with this is again if you if you uh were living his life this would make complete sense somehow (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> maybe <laughs> listen to this this is from the, sh- uh, the novelette um, unless and I can't imagine this happening although admittedly it is theoretically possible a hopeless fusion of the two timelines flow results 
You're a crank, Lehrer said. Think thickly. Exactly, Arbuthnot nodded. <laughs> and that's why you'll accept my paper for official syndicate eradication. Because you don't believe me. Because you think this is absurd. He smiled slightly, his eyes gray, intelligent, and penetrating. Hmm. Uh, it's a reverse. So, um, if if you watch that Red Dwarf episode, right, uh, Lister, um, he comes out of the uh, Starbug, uh, the their landing shuttle or whatever, and he's he's got a sore back and his his jaw hurts, right, and they they go to Nodnol, which I I love I love that it actually has the system of science right you you come up with your theory <laughs> and then you test your theory by looking at the environment and then when it, when he finally realizes that Nodnol is london <laughs> they think it's bulgaria they keep agreeing that everything's bulgarian everything makes sense it's a bulgarian <laughs> bicycle it's it goes backwards only the rich bastards get to have the forward going bicycles right they go into the pub and he's got this sore sore cheek his eye is really starting to hurt his back is terrible then he finds out that they're uh, they, they all got fired for for um starting a bar fight which hasn't happened yet and he says reverse bar fight <laughs> or whatever it is <laughs> and some guy sucks the 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 pain out of his face right by shoving his fist at his head and then <laughs> throws him through a window and his back feels much better and then he punches the guy in the face and puts his tooth back in right <laughs> <laughs> Everything is reversed. I hate um, when that happens. He's <laughs> like, oh, it's all lo- it's all logical and makes sense. Um, and if you watch the YouTube video of the show called Backwards, um, that they switched it and they play it in reverse, um, you have the same kind of feeling as you watch it when you're watching it forward, right? Uh, some of the dialogue is in regular english because some of it's in reverse in the regular forward version of the show of, of the show backwards but when it's backwards most of it's in gibberish backwards english and then every once in a while it switches to normal when a person who's in reverse uh does it and and so it starts with a scene where they're uh the uh cat is coming out of the out of the bushes with his uh Sogum just inserted, right? Um, and then they climb back into the spaceship, or, or, or I can't even remember how the sequence goes. But the, the whole episode flows reverse, and so we have the ba- This is the effect of going backwards and forwards and back. It's totally confusing because this is like Paul. You're driving on the wrong side of the road, right? Yeah. Um, that's confusing. Try driving on the wrong side of the road backwards. Try driving uh. down the wrong side of the road backwards in time. <laughs> Oh dear God! I would have not survived. Our Zealand. entire, our entire experience with reality is seems to be in one direction, and the only hints that we have in our own lives that it isn't that way are like you know deja vu, which is really pretty rare, and doesn't seem to do much for us other than confuse us, right? Mm-hmm. So when Philip K. Dick does an attempt to try and create that, uh, no wonder we're confused. That actually makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) I wonder if we're going to get more about this um, 
about what he's doing, what he, the ideas he's playing with that you're talking about in his next books now. Because have any of you read um, what's the is it the transmigration of Timothy Archer or no? Because that's, that's the third based... book in a series of uh, religious ones, right, Paul? Oh, yeah, that, that's that's the third in in the series. Um, because look at the name there. We've got the archer again, and apparently it's based on Bishop yeah, it's, Pike. It's him. It's him, right? Yeah. So we might. Get uh, yeah, some... yeah. Bayless, Ubik, and uh, trans. Oh, and Ubik. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah those are those are the three. Those are the three that. Uh... Yeah, the Ubik is that backwards from entropy kind of story as well, right? So we might get more of um, what he's playing with. Yeah. And Bayless, yeah. So yeah, we got we got a we got a, we got a few that. Uh, I think I think this Dryden so there's Dryden was it mentioned explicitly explicitly in the uh, in the novel or is that just me recalling it? Uh, I feel like that was mentioned somewhere. I know that the, the line was uh, in it. I just I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure this one was in it too. The Andrew Marvel was that mentioned? My Andrew Marvel. Marvel was definitely mentioned. Right. Uh, so you guys know this poem to his coy mistress. It's it's quoted. In the mm-hmm. poem, uh, in the novel, I'll read it. I, I it's funny because I, I guess I notice these things because I, I do a whole bunch of sh- shows about old books when people were reading books that were coming out at the time, and then they take those, the things that were in those books and put them in their own books, and so it, it's all coincidental for that mm-hmm. rather than anything else. But um, uh, there's a 1960 novel that I did a show on recently called. Um, uh, actually, it's from a line in here uh, that's by Peter S. Beagle. I'll just read this poem because it's it's somehow connected to this this uh, <laughs> this and Philip K. Dick, this novel and Philip K. Dick in particular. It's called "To His Coy Mistress" by Andrew Marvel. Had we but world enough in time, this coyness lady were no crime. We would sit down and think which way to walk and pass our long long love's day. Thou by the Indian Ganges' side should, shouldest rubies find. I by the tide of Humber would complain, I would love you ten years before the flood. And you should, if you please, refuse till the conversion of the Jews. Refuse what? My vegetable love should grow, vaster than empires and more slow. I think that's a novel of something. Vaster than empires. Um, and an hundred years should go to praise thine eyes, and on thy forehead gaze, two hundred to adore each breast. Uh, there's Philip K. Dick again. But <laughs> thirty thousand to the rest, an age at least to every part, and the last age should show your heart. For, lady, you deserve this state, nor would I love you at a lower rate. But as my back, I always, but at my back I always hear time's winged chariot hurrying near. And yonder all before us lie deserts of vast eternity. Thy beauty shall no more be found, nor in thy marble vault shall sound my echoing song when worms shall try that long-preserved virginity. (laughs) And your quaint honor turn to dust and into ashes all my lust. The grave's a fine and private place. That's the uh, fine and private place is the novel uh, by... Beagle. Uh, Beagle. But none, I think, there do embrace. Now, therefore, while the youthful hue sits on thy skin like morning dew, and while thy willing soul transpires as at every pore with instant fires, now let us sport us while we may, 
And now, like amorous birds of prey, rather at once our time devour than languish in this slow-chapped power. Let us roll all our strength and all our sweetness up into one ball and tear our pleasures with rough strife through the iron gates of life. Thus, though we cannot make our sun stand still, yet we will make him run. It's hmm. a lovely poem. It is a lovely poem. But yeah, uh, I, 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 I could pick out a couple of science fiction short stories and collections yep. taken from lines in that poem. Not just the Beagle. There's a there's a Dan Simmons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very Dan Simmons, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That 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 pulls from there. So it's like you're very much like this is apparently an urtext for a lot of science fiction writers. It is, um, and uh, the whole point of the poem is. Hey baby, we gotta have sex now because we can't have sex when we're dead. <laughs> and that, it is a rather that's the whole emphasis idea. is it's all about we gotta get it on now. Uh, if I had time, I'd spend a thousand years praising your eyes and spending a yeah. hundred years on each breast and thirty thousand t- to the rest. <laughs> I can totally imagine Philip K. Dick using that kind of line <laughs> totally. as well. Totally, <laughs> it's a it's. It's a very, very so 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 so, so basically, Meatloaf's Paradise by the Be- Dashboard Light is basically an update of this poem. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take your word on it. If, if you listen to the song, you will see what I mean. Hey, I just realized something as well. Did you mm-hmm. notice that title of that um, paper? Uh, I can't remember what it is. How I yep. um, disassembled my swabble in my spare time. That, did you see that in A Maze of Death, um, Spektowski's book is called How I Rose from the Dead in My Spare Time? Right, oh, right, right. yes. I knew and that was familiar. Yeah how, yeah, how I Rose from the Dead in My Spare Time and So Can You. Right. <laughs> A Maze of wow. Death. This has been the SFF Audio Podcast. Please join us at www.sffaudio.com. Well, I think we did a pretty good show. What do you think? Yeah, that was fun. I'm still confused. Me too. I'm really confused. (laughs) Very confusing. I want to also point out that uh, in this... um, in this show, or in this book, uh, one character is recycled. Um, he's recycled in the next one we're doing, which just so happens to be... Uh